Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. This season of Lent, we are focusing on a biblical theme while exercising a brief meditation, resulting in a spiritual resonation of our hearts and minds as we live faith out in our daily lives. Lent is a time to intentionally pursue an encounter with Christ in a deeper, more personal way as we anticipate the observance of Good Friday and the celebration of Easter Sunday. For additional Lent devotionals, download the Fox River app or follow us on your favorite social media outlet at Fox River CC. And now, your host, Pastor Bill Gunderson. Welcome to the Pause for Lent podcast. This is the fifth Wednesday of Lent 2022. Where's the year gone? I don't care. Summer's coming. Here we go. All right. For all of us in the Northern Hemisphere, our listeners and viewers everywhere, I say welcome to spring. All right. It's a typical, miserable late March spring day. It's like, what, 50-something, rainy, right? But that's what they say about southeastern Wisconsin, right? It's kind of this, this like, in like a lion and, and out like a lamb. I wonder where that comes from, by the way. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Anyways, the month of March, right? That's it. So we're streaming around the world. We're live on YouTube. Um, if, you, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I just saw Biscuit for the first time a couple days ago. And also subscribe, but also... Uh-huh. Anybody see Biscuit, uh, Biscuit ever? When he does like those sound effects and stuff? So <laughs> click the bell for notifications that you won't miss a beat. All right, you can also check out the Fox River app. We're streaming live on the Fox River app as well, and that'll be archived uh, too. So um, encourage you to download the Fox River app if you haven't done so already. Uh, I encourage you to share this Pause for Lent podcast as well with someone that you care about, and more importantly, that the Lord loves and died for. Right? God's got some good stuff for us here today. And when we share, we never know what God might do with that, right? So let's just do that. Father, we thank you for today. Please bless this time that we're sharing here together. Give us ears to hear from, hear from you. Give us the grace, Lord, that we need to respond. But above all and in all, Lord, we pray this, be glorified. Amen. All right. So today, I got a question for you. You ever get lost? All right. You ever, you ever not know where you were? I remember as a young blood, all right, a young man, about seventh grade, I was sleeping over at my friend Jake's house. And shout out to Jake Falea, and shout out to his parents, Les and Patty. If, if, if you know Les and Patty, or Jake, or his older brother Jason, for that matter, hey, share this with them and say, Bill says hi, okay? Anyways, so I'm sleeping over at my friend Jake's house in seventh grade, and you know how sometimes if you wake up somewhere other than your own bed, you feel a little like disoriented for a moment when you open your eyes, like, oh, man, what's going on? Like, like, where am I? How did I get here? What day and time is it? And just, just those couple seconds, okay. Well, that's what happened to me when I woke up uh, at Jake Falea's house in seventh grade, in the middle of the night, by the way. All right, and what's even worse, though, is this. I had to use the bathroom, like, really bad. So once I figured out where I was, uh, I couldn't remember where the door was in the room that we were sleeping, okay? We were sleeping in a, an interior room of his basement. No windows, no light, okay? So I get out of the sleeper sofa bed, and I carefully, somehow, just with my spidey senses, I'm like navigating the crushed half-empty Mountain Dew cans because we drank probably like 20 of them that night, okay? So I'm just like, like oh, just gingerly stepping over that. And, and then I begin to feel. And, and by God's grace, I found 
the wall. I'm like, yes, the wall. Okay? Problem was, it wasn't the wall that I thought it was. So I'm feeling like all over. I'm like, man, where's the door? I couldn't find it. Too much Mountain Dew in my system still, right? It's just like, man, where? Now, eventually I made it out. Eventually I made it to the bathroom. I won't give any details. They're a little gross, all right? But, but being lost like that was horrible. I wasn't fearing for my safety or anything, but it was just like, you know, there's a better thing in that moment than to be lost, right? You ever been lost while driving? Like before GPS, maybe? You ever been lost, like maybe out in the woods, you go for a hike? Pastor Rodney, I know, will probably say yes from time to time. He probably liked it, okay? So you go out in the woods somewhere. A lot of us are probably lost in at least one relationship that we have in our lives right now. Like, like what should I do in this relationship? It's just, like, should I stay? Should I go? Should I kind of, like, try and work on it? Or, or is it time for me just to, to leave this toxicity, right? A lot of us are facing questions like that. Sometimes it takes the form of this. This is scary territory, by the way, but did I choose the right spouse? Oh, man, but that's real life, right? And what about just life in general, okay? Did I choose the right job or career? Did I choose the right place to live? Am I a a part of the right church? I hope you're a part of a church, by the way. If you're not, check out Fox River, okay? We've got services online, too. What am I even doing in life? That's, sometimes that's what lostness sounds like in our minds, right? I just, I just feel like there's something more. There is. Sometimes it comes out like this. God, I could really use some direction right now. 2,000 years ago, something beautiful happened. Jesus, this is God, right? Jesus was born into humanity, And he lived a perfect life. Now, why would Jesus live a perfect life? Why was it necessary for Jesus to live a perfect life? Because we, the ones he was saving, we couldn't live a perfect life on our own. We needed someone to do it for us. And Jesus lived and he loved the way he did as an example to us. And an example for us, even in these days that we're in today. And he offers every single person... This invitation, he says this, come follow me. Now, some of us may think, I don't know where you are right now, Lord. There's no way that you're with me in this mess that I'm in. How can I possibly follow you? Others may say, I'm not even sure where I am. How can I follow you out of this place that I'm in? And I bet we all know at least 100 people who are thinking this. Jesus, I know that you are in heaven, but there's no way that someone like me could ever get to where you are. And here's what Jesus says. I am the way. In John chapter 14, we're going to read the first few verses together. This is 14. We'll go 1 through 6 here. Here's what Jesus says. He's, he's hanging out with his disciples in the upper room. All right, Last Supper, that, that type of atmosphere. Okay, and here's, here's what he says. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know, this is where things are like, Okay, the disciples are like hanging on every word. They're kind of like, okay, I'm kind of tracking, not really, but kind of like I'm with you. But then Jesus goes into verse 4, and he's like, and you know the way to where I'm going. He's like, you know the way. 
Thomas says to him, what we're all thinking, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. See, in the Gospels, this is the Gospel of John, but there's Matthew, Mark, and Luke also, right? In the Gospels, and we see this uh, other places in Scripture too, but primarily in the Gospels, we see people physically following Jesus. And, and that, that gives us a picture, okay? So, so following Jesus physically, like we see in the Bible again, is a metaphor for following Jesus spiritually, okay? Because if following Jesus was only physically relevant, well, we're out of luck then because I can't follow Jesus physically. He's not here. I can't follow him to the post office. I can't follow him to the grocery store. I can't follow him to the bathroom if there's two urinals. I can't do that, okay? Don't laugh too hard. We're talking about God. Okay, anyways, but <laughs> following him is a, is a metaphor for following him spiritually. And here, here's what that means. It's believing in Jesus. It's imitating Jesus. It's obeying Jesus. When I read something and Jesus says, forgive as I have forgiven you, it's like, oh, I'm going to obey that. Okay? That's how we find Jesus. That's how we follow Jesus. Listen, I'm going to say something that, that might be confusing, but, but I hope it's not. Jesus is the way to Jesus. So let's unpack this for a moment. Like, What does the way mean? What does it mean? Jesus is the way to Jesus. We just said that. But Jesus is also the way to the Father. If we were to keep reading the rest of verse 6, we just kind of like truncated the verse there while we were reading a couple of seconds ago. But the rest of verse 6 is this. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. Jesus is the way to the Father. No one is granted entrance into heaven apart from Jesus. No one. I didn't even know who Jesus was. Sorry. You are not getting into heaven apart from Jesus. For every earball that vibrates at the sound and the hearing of the sound waves of the gospel. The gospel is this. Jesus died for my sins and he rose for my life. That's a simplistic form. Believing and trusting in Jesus is the only way to heaven, the only way to eternal life. And just like it's impossible to honor a husband, but at the same time insult his wife, you cannot reject Jesus and somehow claim to love God. Because Jesus and his father are one, right? Just like a husband and wife are one flesh. Jesus is the way to God. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And Jesus is the way back to God, okay? This, this is going to be like, like, oh, just, just like the juiciest fruit in the middle of the driest desert for our souls. Check this out. You see, some have said the gospel is only relevant when we first repent, like when we first become a Christian. But I submit to you, that the life of the Christian is one of lifelong repentance, repeatedly turning over and over again to God. Like, oh, I sinned, and, and I'm going to turn back to you, Lord. I screwed up, I'm going to come back to you, Lord. That's the life of a Christian. It's, I mean, let's not pretend that we become a Christian, and all of a sudden we're just perfect, right? I mean, like, nobody can say that. And if they are, they're lying. First John chapter 1 talks about that. Okay, listen, it, it, it doesn't work that way. 
We need to keep repenting. And the gospel is at the very center, at the very heartbeat of my every return to right relationship with my Redeemer. Jesus died for every one of our sins, past, present, future. The good news of his death on the cross for me is my only hope and my only defense against the way of the world and against the way of my own logic that says this. And we were all taught this over and over, by the way. You really screwed up this time, Bill. There's no way God still loves you. And there's no way he would welcome you back now. Listen, God loves me a lot, but not that much. That same type of thinking that the gospel obliterates, that same type of thinking is the kind of thinking that prevents a struggling daughter or a distant prodigal son from returning home to their parent. can't stop thinking about them. We can't stop praying for them. See, the moment we doubt the supremeness of God's love for us, those are the same moments that we doubt the extremeness of the suffering that our Savior went through. Jesus died for all of our sins, not just the not-so-bad ones, all right? Jesus experienced the full wrath of God down to the dregs, Right? Think pulp in orange juice, like the stuff that's the, the solid stuff at the bottom of the cup after you're done drinking the orange juice. All right? In those days, it was wine, and you get those like solid pieces, like the solid substance of a, a really thick glass of wine, okay, that wasn't strained properly, maybe. Jesus experienced the full wrath of God all the way down to the dregs for us. And the gospel is the way. Jesus is the way. Confess your sins to God. That's how we get back. That's how we get to this spot of recovery and rejoicing. Confess your sins to God no matter how bad they are, no matter whatever they might be. Jesus will forgive you and I of whatever has come between us and him. He will make your feet clean once again, John 13, if you want to read that. And he will restore you back into right relationship with the Father. Jesus is the way back to God, like we said. And Jesus is the way to purpose. See, some of us feel lost because we're just kind of swimming through life. Maybe it's a midlife crisis. Maybe you've been married for like six or seven years, and you're starting to get like, man, i got to get out of this relationship. I mean, maybe not us in the room, but maybe some people online. You're like nodding your head because if you're doing it here in the room, people are going to see, right? So maybe you're just nodding your head in the car as you listen. But, but that happens. You're just feeling lost in life. Man, i got to do something. There's more to life. We alluded to this in the beginning. There's more to life than what I'm experiencing right now. Listen, following Jesus is a way of life, but even more so, Jesus is the way. Of life. In every situation, I can follow Jesus by choosing to imitate and obey Him. For example, when someone insults me or wrongs me, I can be patient and kind to them, just like Jesus has been patient and kind to me. I can choose to forgive that person, just like Jesus has forgiven me. When it is tempting to lie, when it's difficult to tell the truth, You can follow him in being a person of integrity, even when it's hard, just like Jesus did. Whenever you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, I'm not talking about Jake Filet's sleep over time, but whenever you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you can choose to think of others. You can choose to consider their needs and their feelings 
before you consider your own. You can choose to help them, choose to serve them. This is what Christ-likeness looks like. This is the direction of the Holy Spirit maturing us in our hearts and in our lives. Be reminded of this, Christian. You were made by God and you were saved by God so that you could be like him and represent him everywhere you go. Your purpose in life, no matter what the exact situation or context is, your purpose in life is to shine as a beacon of light for Jesus. Now, tomorrow, and for all of eternity. And Jesus is the way to joy. Now, you might be thinking, joy? Are you kidding me? The stuff we just talked about, all right? Serving others. All right, when I'm in a bad mood, like, like not letting that shine through and, and just like, like helping others and serving them and, and, and forgiving people, even when they, you know, they're in the wrong, I'm in the right, and, and I, got, I got every reason, legitimate reasons, by the way, to be angry. You're telling me to be, be kind to them? Like, ah, that just sounds terrible. In fact, there have been many times in my life, you might say, I know I could say this, there have been many times in life where I did those things, and you know what? I was worse off for it. My day didn't get any better. I felt like garbage. I just let people walk all over me, you know? Well, I would suggest to you, like the Holy Spirit suggested and taught me, all right? I just want to share this with you. I suggest, hey, try it again. During this Lenten season, do those things for Jesus. Do those things with Jesus. His Holy Spirit is inside of you, is he not? In your heart, in your mind, maybe even with your mouth, right? Because some of us talk to ourselves, you know, any, any talk, okay. Yeah, say to God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you in this situation. Help me to live like you. Help me to be like you. Help me to trust you as I suffer, because it's going to hurt a little bit. Following Jesus hurts a little bit sometimes, doesn't it? Let's not forget, when Jesus says, come follow me, let's not forget where he was going to the cross, right? It hurts. Help me to trust you as I suffer as your servant and choose to love. And just like the joy that was set before you, you endured the cross. Grant me satisfaction that comes only from suffering with you, Lord, only from suffering like you. And give me the confidence of faith. This is really important that, that we pray for this. And you might use different words, of course, but, but Lord, give us confidence of faith to know that you'll lead me into greater joy. Joy's coming. It might not be in this moment, but I can have joy now knowing that there's joy coming up soon. Lent is for those who are lost. Lent is for those who are feeling lost. Lent is our chance to get back on track. All right? Lent is our chance to find our way, to find his way, to find, listen, the way. So thanks for joining us today for the Pause for Lent podcast. I encourage you to take some time to pause and reflect. In fact, why don't you start the conversation with God right now? Take a minute or so. We'll all do this. Take a minute or so now to pray. Ask God to show you how you can find your way, how you can find his way, how you can find the way by following Jesus more in your life this Lenten season.